When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lafondra looking to get side of Fon. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rules podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food, the best street food in Reading. We're back to discuss three points for the mighty Royals against Bolton yesterday. I've been joined by Paul Mann, who had a lovely evening trip to Waitrose last night. Paul, how are you this morning? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I've got to say the the food and music at Blue Collar yesterday was absolutely banging. But then we topped it off with another joint sponsor, Phantom, in the evening. But yeah, Waitrose, you got to love it. But the new signage, Alex, what is that all about? I don't know. They they, they should really be consulting you for these kind of big should choices. should be. I, I felt disrespected. I felt like, I felt solid, to be honest. But yes, fantastic yesterday. One of the best days uh, for a, for a good period of time couple of years maybe and also joining us today is the 2024 Wimbledon champion in waiting Matt Lansley Matt how are you doing morning morning I'm I'm not too bad I'm not too bad a bit bit on a bit of a come down from yesterday it, it was it was a good day all round I think with the with the club the feeling around it the, the protest the game result it was a good day all around how is your tennis training going Matt um, not as good as Harvey Nibs. He, I think, he might be beating me in round one personally. Um, but, um, but, but we'll we'll keep trying. We'll keep trying. Got plenty Game of time. <laughs> Got plenty of time before next year's championships. So, no worries there. Um, but yes, Harvey Nibs is uh, probably one step ahead of you at the minute. I think. Let's look back at yesterday. Uh, we're going to split this one up because obviously yesterday there was a an actual protest at the football. So uh, we've kind of decided to split this into two sections and we're going to discuss the protest first and the football after. So if you switch on just to listen to stuff about the football, you'll probably need to skip ahead of it. But hopefully you want to listen to both bits. Paul, yesterday's protest. And I mean, let's go through it. It's the first time I think where you've seen Reading fans really go after somebody in game. Because we haven't really seen that before. No, no, we, it's not very reading, is it at all? Um, but completely justified to do it this time. And I've got to say, great work by everyone involved with Cell before we die. But one of the things that came from yesterday was the unity of the fans, and that was absolutely key. So it's everyone involved in yesterday, whether you stood up to the songs, whether about hating Dae Young, whether you were. Uh, throwing tennis balls on, whether you were chanting, or if you didn't just sit there tutting and saying we're a disgrace, everyone is doing it. That's just as important. You kind of get it and you understand it. So, yeah, in-game, it obviously makes a massive difference. There are issues that will probably come from it, but I, I don't regret any part in it. And I'm sure lots of people that are listening to this feel exactly the same. And, Matt, before the game, obviously, we were... Uh, outside the fan zone and there was a lot of uh, tennis balls being handed around and it, it felt like the mood was fairly defiant, I guess. There was a there seemed to be quite a, a mood of uh, people wanting change and, and wanting to make their point heard. Yeah, I think I think you know in the in the week I think a lot of I, I think different people have had different obviously breaking points with with the owner and kind of the the status really around you know protesting um but you know I think I think in the week like the the majority of people that were left kind of maybe on the fence or you know um around action I think it had had snapped and I think yesterday you just had obviously a lot of people just wanting to um, come together for for a common goal. You know, some people obviously wanted to throw tennis balls. Some people didn't. That's absolutely fine. You know, they all joined in with the with the um, chanting. And obviously, on the sixteenth minute, the stand up. If you want die out, you know, and the we want die on out all through the game. You know, um, I think it was a really really good moment with, with all the fans. You know, you really saw a fan base yesterday that really cared 
you know, really cared about their club and really wanted change. Um, obviously, you're probably not going to get change from just one piece of action. Um, there's probably going to be, you know, um, or potentially might be obviously more more action to come. It depends, obviously, what what happens on the ownership status. This isn't something that normally goes through in you know a week or two. Um, it's kind of the first the first real step i guess forward um you know that there, there, there'd been moments of action before but when you look at the exposure that yesterday got the effectiveness of it as well it's been covered by national press you know dayong was meant to attend the game yesterday which he didn't in the end so someone clearly obviously probably said to him it's probably best that you don't don't come to this game and um to be honest don't come to any other reading football match you know just you're not welcome at Reading FC anymore. You know, you have far outstayed your welcome. Um, so hopefully that is that message is starting to get through. Maybe his yes men are still whispering certain things in his ears. But um, but yeah, it was just so nice to have just a a really unified Medeski Stadium yesterday against one man. And we talk about unification and the fans obviously be unified and Ruben Sellers in his press conference after discussed around the, the protest and was asked around kind of like what were his thoughts on it, Paul. And he seemed to be completely in support of the protest. I think his quote was, I understand why the why the protest is happening and I completely support it. Something yeah. along those lines. Maybe it I've is. misquoted him slightly, but uh no, no, I think you've pretty much got it bang on there. Um he obviously then went on to talk about how he, you know, he has his own feelings about this. I think essentially. It's difficult to speak for him, but his words kind of like portrayed to me that he understands it completely and he kind of backs it because he then goes on to talk about how, you know, his team's been damaged by things, but the club aren't doing properly. It's not the club, it's the owner, essentially. But yeah, to have the backing of him and understanding of why it's happening uh, is a huge thing. It, you know, gives a justification to why people want to protest against this. This isn't a simple thing that, you know, Redden fans think after a couple of bad results or a few, you know, bad signings, we've decided to do this. It's taken years to get to this point. And I think Ruben is really embracing being manager of Reading and understanding Reading. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be an amazing manager or anything, but I think he will go down as someone who possibly helps us through this era. And for that, I think we'll always be grateful that he gave us support because he could have easily come out and said, oh, you know, it's the last thing the players need. He didn't do any of that. And that that means a lot to me as a Redden fan and I'm sure plenty of others who will have been at the game, got involved, think it's a good idea. You feel like we've got someone who understands us and and that's big for us. Yeah, I totally agree. It's having, having somebody... I guess, externally facing from within the club who is on the side of the fans or at least appears to be on the side of the fans makes such a big difference in terms of the connection between the fans and and the team and the squad and the club in general. Um, Of course, the club yesterday were... I don't think they did themselves any favours in terms of uh, fan relationship, Matt. Um, You know, multiple, (laughs) multiple reports of people being searched maybe maybe a tad inappropriately um and you know the announcement over the tannoy asking fans to respect the club was extremely ironic during the um middle of the protest given everything that's happened over the last couple of years but um yeah i think overall it, it's got to be considered like a success whether you're you know for it or against it really yesterday no, I think so. And it is an important step because, you know, it, it showed how many how many fans actually, you know, um, really, really want this this parasite of an owner to be gone. You know, um, it was pretty much unified across all four stands, you know, of the Medeski, um, which we might not have seen up to this point. You know, um, it certainly was good to see it yesterday, though. Um, yeah, on the club, though, you know, I get they've got to, you know, do their um, due diligence. And, you know, they've got to follow protocol. Um, that stadium announcement was so funny, though, because, like, again, I get you have to do it because, again, if you don't, you're probably not following EFL protocol and you're going to get fined. But choice of words, choice of words, just dreadful, rightfully booed. 
and uh, drowned out by we want die young out chance after it was just fantastic saying respect the club i mean that's why we're doing it <laughs> i mean it's if, laughable if you don't understand that i i I've sympathy for the person who is reading it out because they also most by probably thinking this is going to go down really badly. But fuck's sake, that is a disaster. That is that is exactly why we're doing it. It's almost like they want to motivate people even more and make the situation worse by reading that out. Maybe they but, do. Paul. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I understand the club have to have their protocols with the EFL, and I get it. But sometimes the wording needs to be thought about a little bit more. It's just less less is more sometimes. And um yeah, like I mean to be honest, like you know, the I guess the club put on extra searches and stuff. Again, again, because they have to, because they know protests are coming, bloody, bloody, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, it was some of the reports yesterday was just shocking, to be honest. But you know, that's that's a lot of Reading FC at the moment, to be honest. Um, you know, on all all, all levels. Um if I was a employee at the club. You know, I'd I'd kind of want the protest to succeed, to be honest, because they might actually help me get paid at the end of the month, realistically. And that's exactly that, honest, that's... exactly that. That is it, isn't it? We're actually doing this to help them and the team mm. and the manager. Everyone who did it yesterday, they're a part of that. And whether you disagree with that, that's the actual problem we're trying to solve. The owner doesn't actually play and he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> you know, how can you have that scenario? It, it's so bad. And I mean, I think I'll, I'll sum it up. I had a we had a comment in on uh, on Facebook from uh, Gerard, which was basically agree or disagree with yesterday's protest. Change doesn't come from doing easy things, and you might not like yesterday's protest, but ultimately, you're going to have to do difficult things if you want to see change happen. Protest needs to be challenging, and that's when mm-hmm. protest works most. Yeah, definitely, completely echo. On that note, let's move on to the game. We'll discuss the football now. Uh, hopefully, we'll uh, be discussing you know more positive ownership news in the future. But uh, yeah, we'll move on to the actual football. And yesterday, we saw the first start for Clinton Molamat, first start for Don Ballard as well. And I'll be honest, I hadn't actually looked at a team sheet before kickoff. I kind of was just a bit busy. But um, yeah, seeing Don Ballard was starting, I think, was very exciting yesterday. And I've been really kind of looking forward to seeing him play. And overall, Don Ballard yesterday, what were your thoughts on him? Um, yeah, uh, thoughts on him was fantastic. You know, it, it's it's really exciting. And, and I know he's not our player, so it's a bit obviously sad on that front. But my God, he's going to be some player. Um, like like you, I hadn't seen the team sheet really until, <laughs> until the game kicked off. Um, and so I, I wasn't even sure really of uh, who was playing left back. I didn't really recognize Mola. I was like, who's that? Is it? Like, I, I couldn't tell. Um, but, but yeah, Dom, Dom Ballard, you know, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be some player, you know, the, the, the few chances he got in the game um, might need to obviously take, take a few weeks to get up to full, full speed on, on professional football, you know, cause He's played a couple of of games, obviously for for Southampton um, off the bench, and obviously I think one start in the cup, which he scored in against Cambridge. But yeah, it's it's weird that I'm already thinking kind of how many goals can this kid get this year, um, which again is really quite exciting. And when you're saying that about about a 16 year old, uh, 18 year old, sorry, it's really really exciting. Um, it gives us options up top as well with with. You know, Vickers on the bench, ability for him to come on. They might potentially change that around. Then you've got Ballard to come on, Ia Bishman to come on, and obviously Sam Smith still to come back. So the striking department, just with one extra player coming in there, is looking so much stronger at the moment. Yeah, I fully agree. I think, you know, he, he looks very exciting. Um, and just having having that extra striker suddenly makes ours, you know, our stroke force go from looking quite... I wouldn't say weak, but it, it looked very inexperienced to all. And it probably still is inexperienced with Ballard, but it, it just suddenly goes from being inexperienced with not a lot of depth to inexperienced with, you know, a lot of exciting talent in it. Um, it was lacking options before, right? Yeah, we were getting through 60 minutes of game and you're thinking, we need a new striker coming on because, you know, Ia Bishman's knackered um, or, you know, Vickers is knackered and you couldn't bring another striker on. 
you know, um, and I guess, you know, we're still feeding Aziz sometimes into that striker role and, but it's just nice having that extra, that extra body there to come in. I think Don um, looked good in the link up play though. He's going to really add speed to our attacks and just having him there as a threat and is he's going to score goals. I'd be amazed if he didn't score goals in this league. It was a little bit rash yesterday with some of his chances, but that will come once he gets a couple of goals. I think he'll calm down very quickly. But just seeing him understanding space, going past players. Yeah, I, I think there's something there, but it's the first game. So we'll wait and see. But he was also playing against a decent team. So it's optimistic. Paul, the first 15 minutes or so, well, I mean, first 16 minutes, I guess. Uh, first 16 minutes were, f- I, I think they were fairly even. Reading had a little bit of like momentum, perhaps. We didn't necessarily create anything. I think Mola had one shot very early on, but it, 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 was not, it wasn't overly threatening. Um, Bolton hadn't created a big chance by that point. And it, it felt like the game was fairly even. And I was like, first you know that first period of the game i was quite impressed with how level we were keeping it against a team who are you know up for promotion challenging this season and, and finished in the playoffs last season yeah I'd, I'd agree i thought we started fine um it wasn't electric or anything the team performance but considering the opposition as you say i wasn't looking at it and thinking oh we're being outplayed here this has been a you know dominant performance from bolton their experience the players they've got, they used to League One. I didn't feel like that was massively showing. Didn't really like the Mola shot that was not threatening anyone apart from any of someone in the stand. But I, th- I think this is good shape. And I think I do agree with, you know, I'm really hoping that Celis's comments about the team coming together and looking better in the second half of the season really come in because if we can get some wins, you know, consecutive wins, get some belief and confidence in this team, I think they could pick up, you know, a few spells throughout the season when they get wins on the chart, which would be absolutely fine. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't, as you say, it wasn't electric that start, but it, it definitely matched Bolton. And given, you know, where we kind of expect Bolton to finish, uh, I, I, you can't, can't really knock that. I think for the first, uh, first opening, opening kind of, out of the game Matt the goal obviously came as you know I think as Reading do um, this goal came immediately after the restart and the protest and it, it couldn't have been any more Reading timing that let's be honest <laughs> the goal itself was was uh, it, it is Binden's kind of like issue this goal ultimately um, it's a it's not a great piece of defending for him. And you can see it when you watch the replay, you can see that he already knows that it's kind of down to him, that goal, I think, as soon as you see the replay. He's kind of yeah. caught flat-footed and then out-muscled by, you know, Dion Charles, who's a, who is a top League One striker, but it's um, not a great piece of defending for him, is it? No, and it's it's it's, it's a bit of a shame because also the 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 long ball that went went up anyway from the, from, from the restart that kind of he lets bounce and then he kind of... Can I say he slices a header? He he kind of gets under it and it just doesn't really go anywhere. Um, yeah, it, it, it's. I think he he knows, you know, that that kind of he's he's made a made a bit of an error there. And I think it was a tough game for Binden yesterday. I think it, it's probably the first game he's come up against a real top League One striker. Um, and I think I think he probably learned a lot yesterday. Um, obviously, he played Millwall uh, or in that Millwall game, but in in the league is obviously different to the cup. Um, but but yeah, from, from from the header, it just goes over him. It's it's really good play though from from Dion Charles. I mean, we we spoke about him in the in the in the preview um, about his quality. Um, you know, I think he had five goals or four goals already for for Bolton this year. Scored twenty one in all all comps last year. You can see why. You know, he's a really good striker, and even when you think he might have taken it too far, you know, he, he left a very tight angle Dion to actually score. He finishes it brilliantly. There's nothing Button can do there, you know. Um, and it's just a shame, really, for 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 Binden, really, that that you know, it's it's just a couple of errors. But you know, it's it sounds bad to say it, but you know, when when you've got some young players, you're going to see some of these um, errors because it's right. a lot of it's experience. Yeah, these things are going to happen definitely when you've got you know 18, 19, 20 year olds playing for you know the first five, 10, 15 games of their career pool and. Ultimately, I think that's what Binden's fourth or fifth game for Reading now. And 
I'll be honest, I think that's the, probably the first mistake I can really remember him making. And if, you know, if we concede one goal because of a mistake from our defence, you know, our central defenders every four games, then I'm really not going to, you know, I'm not going to have that much of an issue of it, given that where we've been for the last five years defensively. Mm. No, no, I agree. I mean, we've seen senior players make those kind of mistakes for the last five years. <laughs> so I'm not going to slam him on uh, one mistake. Um, he did look pretty shaky. Him and Abby were split open more times, which I'm sure we'll come on to talk about. But that's an experience, isn't it? You know, the, those two players are academy players. They're coming into the team. You can't expect them to be putting in, you know, eight out of ten, nine out of ten every single week. That's just not happening. And I agree. I thought Charles was excellent. And uh, I was happy when he went off. <laughs> I really was. Uh, I, I think that is a real quality finish. That That's probably the best strike I've seen against us. I think the more the more I actually watch. watch the finish, the more I'm actually impressed with it because it's from a real tight angle. It's a it's a really, really good finish from, from Charles. Yeah, the pass through from Dempsey as well. I mean, you could mm. we've said about our defence, but that's a really nice pass. So full credit to them and also like i should have said earlier full credit to bolton fans also for getting involved in the protests and taking tennis balls and stuff and applauding when we did it so credit to them yeah kind of missed missed that point out but yeah definitely um full respect to the bolton fans for, for joining in yesterday uh one player who we haven't mentioned yet who i actually think probably looking back on it is my man of the match yesterday is femi aziz mm -hmm. and the next two chances are, are he's heavily involved in that um you look at the first the first chance the ball kind of is on the right hand side and he tries to cross it it gets blocked he puts another cross in and, and Don Ballard is at the back post pretty much unmarked and Femi Aziz picks him out pretty much perfectly yeah. and I really think that Don Ballard completely flushed his lines here to be honest because he kind of just scuffs the shot and he should do much much better yeah it's it's it's, it's one of those when you know is it a tough chance? Yes, it is because it's it's on the volley, you know. But when you've got your striker there, you're expecting him to to connect and hit the target. I think Femi Aziz has come under a lot of criticism this year, quite rightly at times, obviously because he's not been great at times. But yesterday, I kind of I I think I agree with you on 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 man of the match because it, he, as we'll come on to it um, later, you know, involvement in the goals. But the two chances he had, that one brilliant work down the right. But then, obviously, the hitting the crossbar as well. It was a fantastic shot. We had a question in from Jamie on Twitter, Paul, about Femi Aziz. Is his best position behind the two strikers or is it up front? Oh, God. I mean, on his last two performances, I would say his best position is where he is now. Because against Cambridge, his decision... This is the big thing about Femi. He's always had the ability to go past the player with absolute ease. And no one's ever doubted that. But now he's starting to make much better decisions on a regular basis. And that was his biggest failing, was what he did in the final third. Do we think it's maybe confidence? Ruben Sellers has put a lot of a lot of faith in him as a player because I think a lot of fans were probably maybe done with him post-Exeter, post-Cambridge. Um, uh, you know, I think a lot of fans really didn't, want to see much more of him I don't know if that's a bit too harsh to say but um but the faith that Ruben's put in him he's come out on record after games and saying that you know he's got full faith in him you know he he knows that there's a good player there I think we've I think we've said it on the podcast a few times but I mean yeah we've definitely said it on the podcast around the fact that he is actually technically he is a good footballer he really is a good footballer like he's got the ability to to be a decent player but as you say Paul his decision making in the past has always been what's let him down but um, yesterday it was pretty good I've got to say he made an occasional mistake the wrong choice but the, you know I'm not going to criticize that when you're making lots of good decisions exactly um and I mean overall yesterday when you look at I mean he's had a shot hit the crossbar which we'll, we'll come on to shortly but then he's also had two two shots in the second half which have been saved as well and I mean on another day we might be talking about him having scored twice and it, it you know, obviously he didn't get one yesterday, but I I really feel like the more you watch him, the more you feel like as soon as a goal does come, he's going to go on a little, I, I just get that feeling he's going to go on a little bit of a run and pick up three, four, five in, in a short space of time. It's kind of that thing though with Femi Aziz though right now, isn't it? It's that he could have scored two goals. He could have scored two goals. He could have, 
but he hasn't. And that kind of chip on his shoulder that's kind of been there almost, what's it, it's probably like 40, 45 games that he's without a goal. And it's probably why you say about his best best position, it can't be striker when you've not scored in that long. Um, he, you needs know. A, he, he just needs to kind of like, he just needs to get over that hill, doesn't he? He needs the goal. Like he needs he one to basically come off his shin or something, like his goal he scored against Preston years ago. But that's fine about scoring goals. I, I understand that. That's what I'm sure he wants as well. But if you look at both the goals, he plays a key part and he gets a player sent off with a second yellow. I mean, he had a massive part in that game yesterday. He didn't score the goals, but the weight of pass for both, you know, assists, the Charlie Savage required a brilliant finish. But the pass that he plays into Yidham when he crosses in the ball is perfect, isn't it? It's very unfemiazese because usually he whacks it into the crowd or something. <laughs> let's let's look back at the. Um... Can't resist, can you, Matt? You can't resist. I I just had to. Sorry, sorry. Let's <laughs> let, let's, let's roll back to the first half um, because definitely, I think it wouldn't have been unfair if Bolton had scored again, really, because they have a massive chance, and I I really want to credit David Button with a good save, and he does make a save here. But actually, like I watched the replay this morning, and the, the finishing from the Bolton Bolton striker Adebayejo <laughs> is horrendous. If a wedding player it's, had finished this like this at the match, I thought it was a fantastic save because you do because we're right at the opposite end in one eight seven one. All of us, exactly. but oh god, the, the first touch there, Matt. Oh dear, it's yeah, like oh uh, yeah, it's. It's hard to actually describe. Like, like it, 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 it's some good defensive work before, obviously, with, with the tackle um, cutting out from number 22. I can't remember who number 22 was, but I, I think it was Yeardham as well. But it falls to Adibiejo perfectly. You're one-on-one. You could shoot with your first shot. You don't. You then take, you take a touch. It's heavy. You can still get there, though. And he does. And he somehow just rolls it to the keeper. He toe pokes it at David Button. It's, the, it's so bad. If a Reading player does that, I think I would have an aneurysm. It, it's the worst. It, honestly, it was one of the worst attempts at trying to score a goal. I think I've ever seen. It reminded me of a Romanian player we had once, but let's not name him. Oh, previous years, Paul let's Nelson. I mean, it, it does. Button does make the save. Um, it goes through Button as he makes the save, and it is going towards goal. But Nelson Abbey manages to get back and, and clear it before it, you know, causes any danger. It's really hard for Button there to to, to do anything though, because you're one on one, and he he does enough to to stop it from yeah. going go, going past. He did what he needed to do, Button really. In yeah, that situation. Yeah, Dom, I think he got the clearance, but not not Nelson Abbey. But it, I mean, ultimately, the, I it should have been two 0 there. Like I, I, there's no real way about it. I think it should have been two 0 and we were fortunate that it was such a terrible finish. However, I will say this is one of the things around League One. And I don't think I'm used to it yet. Is that the finishing in League One is just not very good, is it? Like teams need a lot of chances and a lot of big chances to score goals. One one thing I've noticed as well is that when you look at all of our games, a lot of the games we we're looking at them, and you could say Bolton could have been two three nil up, but then Reading could have also been two three nil up. Like there 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 are so many games that are actually genuinely really quite close, and you look at it and you think on another day. That could have been the score. It could have been a completely different game. And yesterday was another kind of example of it. You look at the games, um, you know, early, earlier this season, and the games that we, we we've lost. You know, Peterborough we could have easily won. Exeter could have won. Um, it Cambridge highlights how close the league is, though, man, doesn't it? This season, it that's, does. I think that's the main thing that the, the, there really isn't going to be many teams in this league who are by far and away better than others. It's that's why if you've got a striker like Charles up front, like Bolton, you're going to be all right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I mean. We look at obviously Charles scored. Um, we, we discussed Femi Aziz already, but he had a shot shortly after that that save from David Button, which hit the crossbar. And I felt like Reading were weren't really necessarily creating Paul at that point, and that that it kind of came out of nowhere a little bit. Yeah, it, it did a little bit. I, it was it was kind of it was a strange wasn't it in that period of the match because I, I didn't feel like either team were actually creating anything at all i didn't feel up from bolton as well but the game was kind of drifting which i guess that was fine for them they were winning but it's a tough chance in many ways because he gets closed down just as he's about to take the shot and it's not a bad effort i, I don't look at it and think oh he skied over the bar it, he's got it on target and their goal is fantastic as well i sound like a bolton fan here but i've got to say 
he really was good, Baxter. Has has that ball from the crossbar though come down yet? Because there was a lot of power on that shot from Aziz, and my god, it ballooned up. If if you watch the replay, it takes like four seconds for it to get back in shot. It's it's quite amusing. Yeah. I think one of the things that I noticed just after that Aziz chance is that it, it just fe- it felt like Reading needed half time. Like I, I don't think Bolton were like pushing or knocking to get a second one, but it, Reading just needed something to kind of regroup themselves a bit and. We had half time, came back out, and the second half, I think Bolton started it maybe the better, but not necessarily well. Um, Reading were kind of slow to get going in the second half, Matt, and and really the only Bolton chance came very early on in the second half, and they had a free kick. And was it a free kick or a, it was a deep cross? I think from the uh, from our right hand so for their left hand side, it was a deep cross, and it kind of flew through to the back post, and there was a Bolton player there, and he's stretched and not got on the end of it and I honestly think that might have been the closest that Bolton really came in the second half to to unlocking the defense again yeah it came from a it came from a corner a short corner I think and um it took it took a while for the ball to get in but yeah it's I I guess to be fair it's it's, it's another one of those chances where you think on on another day um, and to be fair there's a couple of Bolton players it's a fantastic cross it's right in the area which Defenders, goalkeepers hate that corridor of uncertainty. Keeper can't come. Defenders are thinking if I touch it, it's it's an own goal. Um, but but yeah, that that was all really that they had. Um, I think it's one thing though that's good with this this team under Sellers is that changes or well, we we seem to use half time quite well. Um, quite quite often this this season we've been slow to start games we've not had a good first half but then second half comes it's like a different team had it Exeter had it at Cambridge admittedly yes we still lost those games but you can see that the manager's actually doing things changing things um at half time and he's not afraid to make changes you know on 50 was it 53 55 minutes or so five minutes or so wasn't it yeah he he makes the changes and to be honest you know uh, I've seen some people criticizing Sellers and kind of his his um his changes that he makes but I mean, as we I go through the second half, the change yeah, makes. Yeah, if we go through the second half and you look at the subs who've, who've come on, I think all of them have made a, at least some of a difference. And fifty, yeah, I think fifty-five minutes. It was Ballard who came off, and Harvey Nibs who came off, and I think Nibs was quiet yesterday. Um, I'm I'm still yet to be fully convinced by him. I'm hoping that when Smith comes back, you'll see kind of like that relationship. Ball, he was in his uh, Wimbledon bro. training, Alex. Let's let's not let's not harp on that. Um, I, but... I think that a lot of us are pinning our hopes on Smith returning and having that partnership with Nibs because uh, Nibs tries a lot. There's there's no doubt on that. I, I don't criticise him for that, but the quality that he has in the final third hasn't been there yet and i don't just mean the finishing in front of goal the passing the opportunities it's been cut out by the first man quite a lot you need to put into that channel a little bit more maybe it'll come maybe it'll come I'm, I'm still holding out hope because i like him so let's see how i think goes. half half the thing with him is that in the first half you've got a really good runner in in nibs and because he's often the first man to be pressing and I guess if that's his job now for, I guess, 50, 55, 60 minutes, you probably want a bit more than that, admittedly. But he's a good guy to have on it on at that point. The caveat that to that, though, and it happened a few times, especially in the second half when he was on, the tracking back is an issue. It really is an issue because there was one time, actually it was in the first half, I think, where there's a Bolton player. He, he, he was he was on the left and the Bolton player just cuts over and he's just jogging back. And, and you just think like... I know you're probably on your knees already, but you've got to be, you're only a couple of yards behind. Do something, put put your body in there. Um, but, you know, he's still a relatively young player. He's 23, 24. You know, we can... I think he's got room still. He's got room, yeah. right? He's got room to improve. Um, is that I'm not, none of us were writing him off just yet, but it's more just a, a hope, a hope that he might just improve some of that end quality, certainly, Paul. Um, the, the subs who came on, we had uh, Makaru came on, um for Ballard and then we also had Ben Elliott came on and I, I mean when we watched the Cambridge game a couple of weeks ago I didn't like Ben Elliott out wide I don't think he really suited being a wide player and then all of a sudden yesterday he came on and he played out wide and it was like watching a different player Paul I thought 
where was this guy against Cambridge? He's stretching the game. Everything he gets goes wide. And don't get me wrong, against Cambridge, he was still technically great, keeps the ball very well. But it didn't really feel like much happened through him. Whereas yesterday, it was like a completely different uh, kind of different outcome. Everything he did resulted in us going forwards. Yeah, so you can kind of see now why he tried to play him there against Cambridge, isn't it? <laughs> it's kind of like, it's frustrating, isn't it? Um, yet again, another young player who will be erratic. But yeah, I thought he was fantastic when he came on. Uh, so far, though, he's looked better when he's come on as a substitute than starting. I, I would say that about him. So maybe there's something there that will change throughout the season. But he's quite strong as well. He's not easy to get off the ball. Technically very good, fine space, always ready to pass the ball off. Um, I'm not bigging him up to be like, you know, the next Messi or anything. But for League One, he, he looks quite decent, I would say. And I mean, he's something a team player. Yeah, something that Matt and I mentioned when they, when we watched him at Cambridge was if a player comes in to tackle him, he's always the one who ends up with the ball on the other side of the 50-50. He seems to win every single 50-50, no matter what. And I don't know don't know how he does it because he's not going in with like a particularly strong stance or a big tackle. He just seems to have the ball fly through to him. He's, um, he's like yeah, that really annoying that. kid at school that is quite good at football that you just can never tackle. It doesn't matter how many times you put a tackle on him. He always ends up with the ball. Um, I'm sure every school had one uh, when you were younger. And he's that he's that player. Um, it, it must be so frustrating to play against because, again, it doesn't matter really what you do. Eight times out of ten, he's still got the ball afterwards and he's made you look silly. And even if you do try and two-foot them, you can't get near them because they're gone, aren't they? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're two-footing a piece of a tuft of grass or something. <laughs> yeah. It makes you look an absolute turd if you try. So he's just a winner, isn't he? I, yeah. I I look at him and I think I think the main reason he comes out of those ones 50-50s is technically he's better than, than quite a lot of mm. players. He's just so, got that split second of awareness. One one thing that did happen though after those subs, um, there was a very contentious decision. I think um, there was a ball over the top which Binden gets gets beaten and Dion Charles gets gets a foul given against him. Do we think that that was a free kick? I genuinely I don't see how this is conscientious at all. And maybe I've got like, you know, Reading tinted glasses on, but to me it just looked like Dion Charles has fallen over his own feet. I had no idea how he's how he's tried to claim that as a foul against Binden. Maybe yes, I'm like maybe I missed it in the first half, which was a blatant dive. I don't see any difference. I, I think both should have been booked, and only one was booked. So I don't. Yeah, I don't get why. If 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 you get it for for a dive, I don't really get why it's not a yellow card. But yeah, yeah I'm not going to worry about it too much, though. To be honest, the two substitutes did combine for the uh, for a really good chance. Elliot on the right hand side puts in kind of a cutback ball across Paul to to Makaru. and this is I think this is the first big kind of moment that Reading have in terms of a big chance um, in the second half. And it's a, it, it's hit straight down the middle, really. Um, and the keeper makes a save, a reasonable save, I guess. Um, but it, it's the first kind of moment where you think that Reading are starting to knock on the door a bit, and he's and looking like they might be able to go and get an equaliser. And it's a good, you know, it's a, it's an element of a threat that we just hadn't really seen up to that point. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I thought it was. I mean, maybe you'd want to say, or you put it in a corner or something like that. Ideally obviously, but he is being closed down. He gets in. It's a powerful shot. Goalie makes a good save. Yeah, Baxter, don't come back. You're annoying. And uh, I thought it kind of ignited the team. Uh, for me, I, I thought that moment and the crowd and everyone thought, okay, there could still be something here because you were beginning to lose a little bit of hope. I have to be honest at that point. You were thinking we weren't really going anywhere and you're thinking we've taken off some you know, good players there. But there's good news to come. I don't want to give a yeah. spoiler, but it's coming. It is, yeah. You've kind of spoiled my, taken my thunder there because a couple of minutes later, Aziz, Aziz wins the ball in a 50-50 mat on the right-hand side and he kind of plays the ball into the centre and eventually the ball ends up with Charlie Savage about 22, 23 yards out. And I, I saw him lining up to shoot and I'll be honest, I said, and I'm sure Paul backed me up, I said, don't shoot. You've got no chance to score. Like I said, it don't shoot. And I thought he's got no chance of scoring from that far out. Absolute waste of time if you're going to hit it from there. And he's hit it with his left foot right into the bottom corner. 
I know. Classic Everson moment there. I, I was, was going to say, Alex, this is why you were sacked from Bath City on Football Manager. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to dig you out like that, but you know yeah, probably, probably was but it was a it was a cracking finish there Matt wasn't it it was it was no and yeah like 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 say it, it felt like it was or something you know what, what was coming the the excitement was brewing in the crowd and and Aziz again fantastic work on 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 that left hand side you know nice nice link up play from from um uh Elliot and Yeardham Femi Aziz winning winning the 50-50 drawing a couple of players and making the space for Savage as well you know because um, Aziz, he's probably got two players trying to close him down. Leave Savage with five yards of space, and I mean, yeah, the rest is um, the rest is history. Really, on that shot, it's a great, great shot. And I guess, really, I think it's probably one thing Savage will want to do more with his game is add more goals to it. Um, you know, of course, he's not going to score twenty-five yard belters every week, but you know, when you look at his um, uh, his uh, goal record so far, some might say it's lack- lacking goals. But you know, if he can start. Adding adding that to that, that to his game, it's um, only positive. It's it's one thing we've not done for a, for a few years as well. Maybe because you know we've not had a had a swift to kind of you know have a moment like that where you know you just need a a bit of a moment of magic, right? And I think a lot of people were hoping Wing could do that because you know we've seen some of the goals that Wing has scored, you know, for um, uh, for Wickham over the years uh, and and Middlesbrough. But to have that from Savage yesterday was was, was fantastic. He's uh, he's our star man. He, he's a uh, he's he's a good player. One, Are you going to break one, into song there, Matt? I can just feel it. I'm that <laughs> guy. In, in my in my head, I won't I won't I won't do it for the listeners. Yeah, let's not. One thing I loved from the goal, Paul, was the the team basically didn't really celebrate the goal. If I'm honest. Mm-hmm. And this is a, it's not a case that they don't, they haven't celebrated because it doesn't matter. They haven't celebrated because the first thing that's happened as soon as they've scored, one of them, I don't know who it was, but one of them ran into the net, picked the ball up. And the first player back at the halfway line after the goal was Charlie Savage because they all realized that they could go on and win the game. Yeah, which is fantastic, isn't it? Um, That mindset of thinking now we're back in it. Let's not worry about that. You know, we still got another 15 minutes to go. Let's get the three points because that's what we started the game for. We're not here to get a draw. We're not here to like you know be a close loser. We want to win as every single game. Clearly, that isn't going to happen. But to have that in such a, a young team, this is why I said earlier. I do think there could be periods in the season when we could, if we're lucky and we don't get too many injuries, have periods when we have three or four wins on the trot. Because I do feel there's some exciting players in there, and they just got to be given the opportunity to play and a little bit of consistency in their game. I mean, that excitement, it almost kicked straight back in, Paul, because Aziz had a, another chance saved, basically, what, two minutes after the goal? Mm. And as you said, Nathan Baxter, he's not welcome back at Reading because he had a ridiculously good game, I think, yesterday. Um, and we we did touch on Aziz quite a bit earlier, but he's I, I genuinely think he's just very unfortunate not to have scored yesterday. Um, if we were playing a, a weaker goalkeeper yesterday, I, I think he, I think he's got a goal there because it's a really good save from quite a close angle again. He struck it so cleanly though; he hasn't scuffed it. He's absolutely twatted it, man. I mean, I don't know. Where he's you know, I feel like I want to go full Alan Partridge there, but I'm not going to do that. Look like a traction engine. I did yeah. it for you. <laughs> it's 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 a great run as well. You know, he's playing on the shoulder. Um, I think I, I think the centre back's out of position play and he was playing on the left. Um, he he kind of plays on his shoulder, rolls around him. It's a great, great little run. And yeah, I mean, like kind of like I remember when when he when he struck it, he struck it with so much power, you think it's like the Dion Charles goal in the first half. You know, he st- struck it from s- such a tight angle, but with so much power. It just goes past, but Nathan Baxter gets a brilliant hand to it, and yeah, I mean he'll he'll be the best goalkeeper in League One, I think, this year without without a doubt. I think a lot thought Favorite that bone, raging, <laughs> raging outside of Reading, obviously. Um, <laughs> um, but but yeah, you know, it's... praising uh, uh, Nathan Baxter in seconds in case we end up turning into like you know Baxter Park Royals or something because. He had a good game. I think we should uh, let's uh, we, we don't want to go too OTT on him. Let's, um, let's because he did concede goal. again. Let's not yeah. forget, like three minutes later, Paul. And um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 
genuinely delighted that Caelan Vickers has got a goal. He the goal, I think the goal got credited to, or half credited to him in the stadium against um Cheltenham, but it was an own goal and it wasn't you know, he didn't really celebrate it because I don't I think he knew it had never come off him. But yesterday he got his first goal after a great piece of work from again Femi Aziz um linking up with Mbengue once he came on. And it's a tap in, don't get me wrong, but they all count and this one counted for three points. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Sorry, I just got diverted by something else there. Uh yeah, no, it was a I mean, it's a pretty simple finish, isn't it? You you can't really miss from there. But for Vickers, it's so huge, isn't it? A Reading fan. He's been at the club since he was probably a fetus. Um, just always loves the club. And he's been trying to get that goal for the last few weeks. And like you say, he's getting more and more frustrated. And you can see it building up in him. But now he's got it in a, a really massive goal for the whole club and all the fans. To win yesterday after the week that we've had and to score that goal, you've got to be feeling absolutely huge today i mean he's not a big big uh person but he's got to be feeling at least another three or four inches taller hasn't he matt i mean he's got it in there in his locker he must be feeling like yeah i'm the man he's gonna be walking through reading today into the oracle just kind of like giving it yeah i am Kalen vickers <laughs> i mean one 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 thing though, you say it's a simple finish, but the movement from Vickers though to actually get in that position is really really good. It um, is because it is. you've got the centre backs there and number five. He, I th- I don't know if it's Aziz or Elliot, maybe uh, actually I think it's Elliot, um, Elliot. who who's He's on the corner of the box who drags the defender out, and as soon as he starts drifting, you can see Kate like like Kalen sees that space that's there, and he darts to it, and the ball finds him. It's a really good piece of movement. So even it's the simplest of finishes. You know, it, it, it's, it's a simple goal for a striker. It's their bread and butter. But the movement of Vickers to actually get in that position is really, really good. And, I mean, we, we've said it in previous weeks when he's been playing. He's just trying so hard to score and almost too hard. And, I mean, when he came on, he was fantastic. Again, his link-up he's, play. He's such a good sub to have to bring on the, off the bench. He's, he's a fantastic. absolutely fantastic guy to have come off the bench, yeah. especially at 18, because he's he comes on and Paul, you said it yesterday to me. He's such a shit house, like when he's got the ball, because he, he just wins every single foul. He mm. the ball sticks to him and he knows exactly what to do in order to get a, an opposition player to foul him. He's got quick he's, feet, he's... hasn't he? He knows how to win those three kicks repeatedly, and that will win us games because mm. he either see out the game. Or we might get a free kick and an opportunity from it, and you get a player sent off. You, you just don't know. He's he's got a lot of talent. There is no doubt on that. And but I am really glad that he's not continually starting games now. We don't need all these young players starting every single week. You can dip them in and out, and I'm sure he will start some games. But it, it's just yeah, I, I love a shit house in a team, and I think we've got a few of them actually this season. I, I think I do think more though, than one in there. I do think he counters. Um, Ballard really well um, and kind of like like he's a perfect sub now for Ballard or Ballard is a perfect sub for Vickers so you'll probably see those two sharing maybe that that second striker role um, maybe like Smithwell with Ian Bishman um, when he comes back um, but he's as, as you say Alex as a sub to come on he, he's brilliant and the the joy is he is our player you know which obviously Don Ballard isn't um, but Vickers he's got such a future and hopefully that settles him down now, and he real like hopefully he realizes actually how much good work he does for the team, even if he's not scoring, because he he does so much work for that team, um, and does so many good things. You know, often doesn't need to score. You know, needs to learn that you know that you don't have to score to have a good game. But yesterday he got that goal and fantastic moment for him, his family, and the club really. I feel like I've mentioned Femi's name about 40 times so far in this 50-minute podcast. Um, I've got to mention it one more time because he ends up getting sliced down in about the 93rd minute or something, Paul, uh, for a red card for, for the Bolton player. Um, I think it's Owen, Owen Toll. And it's a second yellow card. It's like a clear, you know, clear second yellow card. And as he's, you know, he basically just beats the man 
and the guy slices him in half. Um, and that ultimately slows the game down enough that Bolton don't really create another chance. Yeah, yeah. You see the Bolton defender when he knows the yellow card is coming. He's like, ah, oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> it is, doesn't it? He's like, I can't really argue with this. It is a yellow. Is red. He's just frustrated, isn't he? The whole the, in the last fifteen minutes, everything's gone wrong for him. I think his first one he got for dissent. So, thank God, two silly ways to get two silly cars there to get yourself sent off in a game. But yeah, I think it's great to talk about them. Is he's say he's doing really well? I don't have any. I think that's good, isn't it? He's getting some, he's had a lot of criticism really. from a lot of people, and then uh, we get a yes. Apart from that, but I, I think it is. Um, uh, really a positive thing and we want to see all our players doing well and credit to Ruben Sellers if he's finding a role he's still early just working from and bringing out better play from him good luck to the manager and well done to him I do I do hope though that Ruben Sellers has recovered from his last minute of seemingly <clears throat> absolute trauma that he went through there's a video if you've not seen it I think it's put up by Jimin um on Twitter where Ruben Sellers I think is very Jose Mourinho-esque because he goes from like zero to a hundred and 110 even probably he's a the... proper Valencian oh. <laughs> complete and utter after going to see them play a few times at the Mistea. Oh my goodness! It's Such beautiful, extremes from one second to the next. <laughs> the energy, <laughs> the energy that he has going through those last couple of minutes of stoppage time is absolutely insane. Like I, he could be on the field with the amount of energy he's got there because he's he is kicking and heading every single pass and every single tackle. And it, his 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 watch, uh, the, the amount of times he was pointing to his watch, and uh, it, it was it was so funny. And then just like the moment at the end when the final whistle was blown. And he just throws his hand up. I was like, yes, <laughs> my manager. <laughs> yeah. I think we've had one other question, um, which we'll very briefly touch on. I don't really know if we've got a good answer for it or not. But um, there was one question which came in from Jed about the potential takeover from Redbird Capital. There was a, a rumour that there was a potential investor yesterday at the, uh, at the game, Matt. Obviously, none of us can confirm whether he was there or not. I've got no idea, really. Um, but it, obviously, it's a good thing if he is going to come in and invest. Um, for those who don't know, Redbird Capital own AC Milan, and I think they own like 10% of FSG, who own Liverpool as well. Yeah. Um, Reading is probably a little bit of, you know, it's kind of a secondary I'm sure it's like a secondary tier investment if they're interested, but um, it's good to hear that there is definitely some interest in the club. Um, I mean, this one seems to have kind of like leaked out, as it were, into into the social sphere. But certainly, there's other there seems to be other investment opportunities out there which are being discussed at the very least. I think though it falls down to one thing though, and that's if um, Parasite that is at the top of the club wants to actually entertain any conversations and answer his phone, you know, or not block every, anyone that wants to actually invest. And to be honest, for me, I'm not interested in investment because it has to be a takeover because if it's just investment and you've still got that parasite at the top, I don't think things change. You're, you're putting a bandaid on, on, on the club and on situations. It's good. There's interest. Um, certainly if they were there though yesterday they, they would have seen how passionate this crowd is and they would have seen how unhappy the crowd is with the owner so hopefully that might also instigate them into wanting a takeover um, and also so how much how much the squad is is you know united and unified together because that's that is yeah. going to be a big thing for anybody who wants to come in and you know potentially take over the club Paul is is seeing a, a team which is ultimately Yes, they're not there quite yet, but ultimately they've got the potential to be able to improve, to be able to move up the table. And and for anybody who's going to come in, that's really what they're going to want to see. They don't, they don't, nobody's going to want to come take over a club which is, you know, going to be sitting in the doldrums of, of League One or or potentially getting relegated to League Two. If you're going to want to take over a club, you want someone who's got potential to move up the leagues. And, you know, I'm not saying that it's going to be a, an investment team which is going to come in and promise Champions League football in five years, but what's the what's stopping reading from being a championship team in five years at the very least yeah yeah definitely i think if you want to come in you want to see a you want to make some money you don't want to lose all your money that's the first objective of an investment isn't it 
but also you want to see a fan base that's actually engaged with the club and cares and passionate and if you came yesterday and you went away thinking that wasn't the case don't bother because <laughs> that was like almost peak reading in many ways also i'm a little bit shocked to hear that you don't think we're as big as ac milan and liverpool come on this is the mighty fucking game have some respect alex a disgrace on the investment we got firefighting that we need to have the going on and i i do sympathize with what matt's saying that we don't want investment we want to get rid of him completely and i get that and understand that but I do think we don't want to be losing points every week. If it means that we can pay the wages, we can pay the tax, we can pay the 125%. At the moment, I think we have to accept that and hope the investment is in mind of finding a new owner. That That's what we have to hope. Investment, I guess, or like sometimes leads to club takeover. You saw it, to be fair, with, with um, the current owner and um, uh, the previous owners um because he pumped in like 10 million pounds before before he took over but i guess the one interesting thing is that um uh the the, the investment company is also linked to or well they, they they have investment opportunities with the like of dwayne johnson in america so whether that's a possibility again i'm hypothesizing massively here but like you know there, please, there's please please make that happen <laughs> there is wider potential the turn up at the game <laughs> pure that entertainment but I, I think maybe it might be a holding position for the club. It makes them more stable and it might not be like the person, whoever it is, who comes in, we say Redbird. We don't really know who's going to come in. But an outsider from that might come in and say and think, OK, now they're in a better position. I don't need to worry about all this shit about deductions and all of that. Let's forget about the embargo until 2025. But we move on from that and we think there's a possibility there. So... Can I can I just finish on with a question to you both as well because it's dra- dragging on this. Um, this the, 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 this this Reading team at the moment though with, with Sellers, is it probably the most I guess I guess cliche to say Reading FC in in speech marks, but is this the most Reading FC team we've kind of see, seen seen play style wise since you know potentially the days of Steve Clark maybe when he was manager the the the, the brilliant two month spell that we had under him or potentially back to Brian McDermott. It's early to say, I would say. Mm. We're, what, 10 games in, something like that, into Sellers being around. Um, what I will say is it's the first team for probably six or seven years where I've given a damn about the team, if that makes sense. I, I actually want this team to do well. I actually like the team. They they seem, they you know, they play in a way that makes me enjoy watching them, which is, you know, completely different to the last however many years of, of watching Reading. Um, and they all seem to they all seem to care whether that's about reading or whether that's about their own career or whether that's about the squad ultimately i i don't know and i don't particularly mind it's more about the fact that they they appear to have some passion for each other and about you know about the, the way that they play football and i don't know if it's it you know sellers is going to be this huge success and it's going to mirror what we we've had in the last you know 15 or 20 years necessarily um but i do think that he's he has a squad which is going to at least put him on that kind of right that that path yeah i like the way that we're trying to play it doesn't always work and i I do think it's more exciting and i do agree really with matt it does feel more like a reading way to play whatever that means i'm not quite sure but you feel like there's going to be opportunities in games you feel like you're going to have shots you're not going to be sitting back and I just hate it when we do that against teams in the same league as us. You just do not want to be doing that. So, yeah, I, I like it. And whatever their motivations are, I'm not bothered by it. Because if you're getting the benefit, yesterday they could have folded. They didn't. They did the exact opposite of that. And that's what you want to see as a fan. I think that pretty much sums it up. It's a bumper edition of the Unpacked Rules podcast today. Um, if you have enjoyed it, hopefully you have because we've sat here for an hour it's a long one today uh hopefully you've enjoyed it if you have drop us a five-star review on on spotify and apple podcasts um if you haven't watched some of the the videos from the from the protest yesterday go and check out social media there's you know plenty out there um we're gonna just kind of end this one with uh, some audio from somebody on twitter called jamie uh who 
picked up some great audio yesterday from the protest and that is us and we will be back during the week for the preview before the Blackpool game next weekend. Cheers.